Hello and welcome to The Double Pivot, the world's most agreeable soccer analytics podcast. I am Michael Cayley, coming out of the Howler Radio Network, and this is an emergency pod. That's right, when issues arise too important, too pressing, to wait for our normal recording schedule to cover, we give you the emergency pod you need. This week, that topic is Marta's lipstick. How is it so good? How does she look so cool? And what was fun about this, me and Mike and uh, Mike were all talking about the topic and sort of how we were all enjoying the makeup discourse, enjoying the looks. And what Meg did in the most, I think, you know, pure double pivot way is bring to, from this fun discussion a kind of rich cultural uh, discourse on she brought in uh, Allison McCann from the New York Times, who has uh, done some done some reporting on this, talked to players, and they look at the ways in which sort of women athletes see like the use of traditionally feminine coded grooming, why they want to do it just because it's fun or other reasons why they choose not to. And all of these things, I think, arise and all of these things are uh, perfectly encapsulated in Marta's bold lip. So I am going to toss this over to Meg Linehan in France, joined by Allison McCann. All right, Meg Linehan back here in France. I'm back in Reims for a round of 16 between Spain and the USA. But last night, uh, France and Brazil played. I'm joined actually by visual journalist from the New York Times, Allison McCann, to talk France, Brazil, and specifically one part of that game to start with, uh, Marta's bold lip, which as I tweeted last night, I would die for both her and her bold lip. Uh, Allison, quick early thoughts, reaction to her, her choices for the lipstick last night. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I was... I, I wasn't sure if she was going to do it again. She had it in the last game, and it seemed more of like a purple shade. But last night, yeah, it was this like bright, bold red, and it was amazing. And she played phenomenally and spoke so well after the devastating loss. So everything about uh, yeah, Marta last night was both wonderful and and tragic. But yes, I loved I loved the lipstick. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this is because you actually have a whole story in the New York Times. Uh, World Cup players say muscles and makeup mix just fine, thanks. So I figured you were the perfect person to talk to about um, what Marta's statement on the field has been so far this tournament. Yeah, I think it's been really amazing to see Marta in this this role, this World Cup, where she, you know, feels she's an older player. She feels a little, like, less flashy on the field. Um, obviously still amazing, but she really took on this big sort of activist um, role too. She was going unsponsored with her boots because she uh, wanted to make a statement about not being paid as well as men's players. Um, she was wearing this lipstick both, I think, to kind of stand out, but she was, I don't know, she had this amazing quote of being like, I just tried it out and like the color is blood because we wanted to leave blood on the pitch. Yes. Um, and she's like, and now I'm going to use it in every game. And, and, and that was sort of the point of my piece too, was that like people wanted these big, like, reasons why and a lot of players were just like I like it and I like this color like do I need more reason than that um but yeah I I just think Marta had a lot of statements you know both politically and otherwise to make this tournament and it was really cool to see her um just sort of unapologetically embrace that right I do think um you know for me reading that that article is interesting as a person who does not wear makeup on a regular basis i wore makeup for my wedding and i think that was probably the only time in the past 
15 years of my life where I actually (laughs) went for it and I felt like I was like oh this is weird and different and I'm rolling with it but I don't feel super great about it but we're we're gonna go for it and you know we're starting to see um cosmetics companies sort of pop up around this concept of um makeup on the field that will last through workouts will last through games and obviously you know Marta has definitely, I, I saw a lot of tweets last night about like, that lipstick is still going. <laughs> what brand is she using? <laughs> so, um, you know, the other player that your article really talked about as well was um, Shanice Van de Sanden of the, of the Netherlands. And her quote in that was, it was, it's what makes me feel most comfortable. So in terms of, I guess for from my perspective, you know, someone who wasn't ever really socialized into thinking makeup was this thing that I should be doing, you know, is that an extra layer to not just like the embracing femininity, you know, kind of pushing aside all this gender stuff, but like that there is this embrace of like, we can just be women on the field. Yeah. I mean, this, this piece was so complicated and I was so like worried about writing it because everyone I told that I was interested in it, like, everybody kind of, you know, recoiled and were like, you know, should you really even be writing about makeup and, like, and, and you should be talking about the players and how they're playing, and, you know, I was like, I'm doing that too, but I think for the first time, at least for me, you know, I've covered um, two World Cups now and obviously watched all the ones before, and it felt a little bit different. We were really seeing, like, a, a mass of players having really striking, you know, visual styles, like, Shanice, which is like a bold red lip and black eyeliner and a leopard print haircut, you know, yeah. uh, it was, it went beyond sort of just the standard, like, you know, Alex Morgan with the pre-wrap and a, and a little bit of mascara. Like I was like, this is a really intentional style decision. And, that, and that's interesting to me. And like, what are the motivations for that? Um, and so I really wanted to talk to as many players as possible too, to like hear from them and not just me like speculating. So um, yeah. And, and I think, what was important for me to understand was like, are you doing this because you feel pressured to like look good in the world cup Mm -hmm. or are you doing this by your own choice? So I think to your question of like, you know, if makeup fits into your life in that way, like that's amazing. And if you're a player, like I would feel the same way too. Like I'm like wearing makeup while I'm playing soccer sounds like the most disgusting, terrible (laughs) thing. I sweat so much. Um, But I've also never been like in the world cup with TVs all over my face. And maybe I would want to feel a little more comfortable, you know, knowing that, like, I just looked really good when the TV is going to, like, zoom to my face. And, mm-hmm. like, so, yeah, I think there was kind of, like, this really, this push and pull for me and writing it and hearing from these players. But ultimately, you know, a lot of them said, like, this is how I feel the most comfortable. And there's, you know, whether it's it's real or fake of, of, of performance enhancing from that, um, if that's the way you feel the best to be on the field, then then that's what you should absolutely do. Yeah, it is kind of hard to kind of remove the society aspect of it, of, you know, like, there's pressure to look good, but, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, it is the player's choice, and that's, you know, I think what, to your point is, is that because the infrastructure around the coverage of women's sports is still, you know, this work in progress, and we haven't really started to dig into some of, you know, these questions of, like, is makeup, you know, like, not is it good or not, but just in terms of, like, the choices that are being made. Previously, that story would have been like, oh, it's, it's a fluff piece, but instead, because now we're actually getting stories about the quality of the games and the players, like, these are actual stories that need and should be told at a World Cup. Yeah, 
And, like, every single person watching Marta play was like, why is she wearing that lipstick? Like, in both a, like, curious way and a confused way, in a I want to own that lipstick way, you know, like, it was a very dominant part of of the conversation. And I think those things are also important for to kind of grow women's sports as well. It's obviously not just amazing game coverage and who these people are as athletes, but, um, you know, getting to know them, who they are, what motivates them, like what they like to do, why they, you know, choose to dress a certain way. Like those are, those are rich narratives too, that are important in my, in my opinion for a growing interest in women's sports. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the game itself, um, obviously it was, as you said, a, a bit of a tragedy there for Brazil. But Marta also, I think, has been really blowing up on the internet because of her post-game comments and what she implored, you know, basically all of the girls in, in Brazil watching to uh, put more effort into their development into the game. I think also putting pressure back on Brazil again to actually, like, enable that to happen. But what were your what was your reaction when you, when you saw her post-game comment? Oh my gosh, I know. It was like her eyes were like welling up, and I think, like a little bit of crying, and I was like welling up. Um, Yeah, it was like very emotional to see her, you know, so passionate. Um, And and yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't expect a lot from this Brazil team. They're they're quite old, you know, there weren't a lot of really exciting new young players, and she sort of addressed that both, yeah, like you said, onto the players and onto the development in Brazil, which I think she's kind of felt like has been stuck mm-hmm. sort of in the space. You know, they get excited for them when they're in a big tournament, but that's kind of it. And then they're off right. the rest of the time. So I think she was really trying to make a point about that, that like we, you know, I think she said something like the Martas, Formigas and Christianes aren't going to be around for much longer. Like who's going to come in next and, and like how is Brazil going to like cultivate those new players? Right. Yeah, in terms of, you know, obviously I've been able to watch her play in the NWSL now for a couple of years and actually got to watch her, you know, close up in person at um, Tournament of Nations as well, score a goal like directly in front of me. And I was just like, well, that's a life changing experience forever. Um, But in terms of, you know, she set the World Cup record this tournament, 17 goals, best out of men and women. Um, you know, this is a big question and I I think it's probably worth, you know, 10,000 words every single week, but just your quick thoughts on what she's going to leave this game. Not that she's leaving because that's kind of, (laughs) every time someone's like, this is her last world. And I'm like, we don't need to go that far yet. Like, let's calm down and take a breather and let her figure out what she wants to do. But at, at this point in her career, you know, what do you think that she has contributed just to the wider world of women's soccer oh my gosh yeah like how long do we have on this podcast I know. um I don't know like for me Marta like growing up watching her like she was one of the first players to see really like I don't know in my experience like the American women's soccer is you know sort of embodiment is like work hard and hustle and like make every tackle and like a very like you know egalitarian work Mm -hmm. ethic which I think benefits you know the U.S. women's team and then Marta kind of just like shattered all of that she was like this very like do whatever I want I'm not gonna usually I you know maybe I'm not gonna make the smartest pass I'm gonna try to dribble seven people and I think she just like got people excited to see you know a female player play in this in that type of way you know she was so like creative and would yeah do crazy moves and and just really I think was exciting for the women's game to see someone be really really different at least for an American you know she Mm -hmm. brought the 
that really traditional Brazilian men style of creativity and sort of selfishness in, in the good way. And right. yeah. I think that that was really, um, you know, amazing for, for fans to, to, to see a female player like that. Yeah, for me, it's it's really funny because, you know, growing up, obviously, watching the U.S. national team and being sort of defined by the 1999 World Cup team as a kid, to then, you know, as all of these tournaments are happening, 2003, 2007, 2011, to have Marta almost posed as, like, the bad guy, <laughs> the villain, yeah. opposite the U.S. national team, who are, you know, like, oh, we're going to not necessarily play the right way, but it's just two completely different styles of game. And so when you would watch broadcasts, you know, in America and, and there would be frustration over Brazil. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how you get mad at this. Like ultimately, and I, I think that's why I was pulling so hard for Brazil to get this upset is, you know, obviously we've seen so much reporting around South American football and its development in terms of not just Brazil, but Chile and Argentina at this world cup. But to have Brazil go a little bit further than I think most of us expected them to, especially for probably what is the last World Cup for those three major players, I think would have been something extremely special. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really tough game to watch, I'm sure, for you too. Like, to, yeah, be really rooting for Marta in Brazil, and then also, you know, I'm really also rooting for the French women and for their country to rally behind them, so... Um, yeah, I was like, oh, I want everyone to win. Like, um, but yeah, I think I, I, it probably ultimately, you know, ended how it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it was just amazing. I think this tournament was really, really special for Marta. And I think she, circling back to the lipstick, you know, she knew she was going to score that crucial 17th goal and mm-hmm. like wore the lipstick for that game. And, and whether those took those two things went together. I'm not sure, but I'd like to think that they kind of were that she was like saying, you know, I'm one of the best players in the world and I'm going to like remind you of that and, and leave you with like this very distinct visual way to like remember my face, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I think that she does pretty much everything very intentionally, um, especially off the field. I, I think that that is definitely a huge part of how she has approached her career and how her career has lasted a, a long time. So Unfortunately, it is the end of this tournament for her, but hopefully, um, you know, when she heads back to Orlando, she can help them turn some things around in the NWSL as the Orlando Pride are definitely uh, struggling a bit and could probably use her. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this emergency podcast uh, dedicated to Marta and her bold lip and uh, looking forward to the rest of your coverage uh, from the New York Times. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.